Welcome. This is Cascade Church Portland's podcast. We exist to invite all people to join us as we follow Jesus together in bringing heaven to earth. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Especially for all of you, showing up to church isn't something we assume is easy um, or always convenient for everyone. And if this is your first time, I really feel coming to a new church is like the bravest single act anyone can do. Um, Like you're going to get uncomfortable when we get to the animal sacrifice part, but you didn't know that when you walked in. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Thank you for being here. It's great to have you. So if you have been in any kind of field or, or anything for any length of time, Um, and not like a physical field, I mean like a a work environment, all that, you meet certain people that you're like, yes, I love talking and seeing this person different things. This is one of my favorite people in the pastoral kind of ministry field. And we met five, four years ago um, and immediately was like, oh my gosh, you are one of my favorite human beings. So Insel Kang is here this morning. She works at Village Baptist Church out on, do you call yourselves West Portland or Beaverton? How real do you keep it? It's Beaverton. Okay, let's be honest. But everyone's like, it's Portlandish. Um, so we are excited. Insel here. Insel does communications. She does everything. One of the most qualified and gifted individuals I know. And she is going to bring the heat this morning. So would you welcome Insel Kang? Thank you. <laughs> oh, man. Did anyone say for the cutest creature to deadliestness ratio children? <laughs> oh, see. We should pray for you because that means you're feeling it a lot or something, you know. Um, Hi again, my name is Insel. Uh, I am so glad to be here. I was just saying earlier, like, this is always one of those, like, uh, this is my cousin church kind of feel. Like, Kurt is that weird in-law that somehow got into my family. And (laughs) through him now, I I have you guys. So, um, so grateful to be here, truly. Uh, I have no idea uh, what your week has been like or even what your morning has been like. Might have been fantastic. Um, Might have had something random happen that just kind of set you off in the wrong way. But whatever that was, I'm so glad you're here and that I hope um, I can encourage you some this morning. Um, What an amazing sermon series you guys are doing. I listened to Kurt's sort of kickoff uh, inauguration words of amazing wisdom last Sunday. Yes. Um, And it set the exact right tone. Um, Adulting is maturity. Uh, Adulting is a change process. Adulting as followers of Christ especially um, is our sanctification, right? Um, And it's learning to think of yourself less. Um, Adulting is spiritual maturity. Um, I'm personally still figuring out adulting myself. Um, I I still don't go grocery shopping as an adult should. Um, I buy liquid calories and gluten-free bread so that then at work when I go out to lunch, I can have pizza and Thai food. Um, And I have a wonderful picture to show my adultingness. So (laughs) um, I'm still working on it. Um, But I believe nowadays society says that uh, owning up to your faults is like sort of a a sign of adulting. So in that case, uh, I rock at it. So so I'm going to do what I do best this morning, which is pose more questions than actually give you answers. So um, apologies in advance if you are hoping for um, some tried and true solutions to adulting. I'm just going to give you more questions. Um, Community is such a big and also very specific concept. Um, It's a buzzword that's very trendy. We use it for everything from your coffee shop to your gym. Um, In my professional context, often I find myself using the word community when I'm biting my tongue and I don't want to say, you people or those people. You know, I say the community of (laughs) so-and-so or, you know. 
but uh, the one thing that is true about community and, and the communities around you is that you are thus then a member of that community. Um, so when we talk about maturity in community, we're actually talking about your own as well as the maturity of the group. Have you ever been proud of a community that you belong to? Have you ever been ashamed of it? Um, what did you do about it? Uh, I think about high-tech companies, that's sort of like kind of the cool factor of, of what's changed the way we think of work com uh, communities. Um, they value that sense of community. It's a huge component of their business model. And they try to make it as cool as possible. That's kind of part of it, right? Um, they want you to love the community you work in, and they want you to be also a hire that they would want to see as being one of their community members. Um, I think of my friends in the Bay Area especially, their uh, cool community factor at work is always shown in their photos of like uh, company organized like uh, trips, um, group work team events, um, service projects that they do together with their like huge company logos on everything that proves they are helping that day. It's so cool. Um, especially also to like how Instagrammable your office space is, right? That's a huge component because it shows your community in like trees and, and greenery. Like how many ferns can you put in your office? This is my, <laughs> this is my community. Um, it makes me think of a friend who currently works um, at, a, at a giant social media company. Um, they have books of faces. I won't say anything else. Um, but he was telling me how very recently during the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings, um, they had a major issue because this super high up exec, I believe uh, in charge of their like global marketing, um, he was seated right behind Brett Kavanaugh during the hearings. He was the gentleman seated, seated between uh, uh, Kavanaugh's wife and then the other woman was his wife. Uh, the employees at this company were livid, uh, not only because they have a very, very strict policy on, as a community member of working for this company, you are not allowed to post or show any kind of political leaning or, or your own opinion when you're representing the company, but also they felt like his very public action um, was a way of saying that they, as a com uh, community, their company would also then thus endorse this person. Um, and so they ended up having a huge employee, like uh, company-wide town hall immediately afterwards where they were able to ask the head of the, of the company, you know, some very pointed questions like, would you have done that? Or, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, but my friend was mentioning, and he is a believer, that the women in the company especially got up and were crying and angry and frustrated because they were expressing for some of them how that felt. And he was saying how um, he sat there in kind of all this pain, um, and, and it was just being expressed all around him, and he was feeling the burden for his, uh, his female coworkers, um, but didn't know what he was supposed to do. So he was really talking about how the community's actions affect us, and he was struggling on what is his, what is his role uh, as a member of that community? What does maturity and community look like for him? Um, are we community members until our community disappoints us? Do we not sometimes specifically invest in a particular community because it's really more about uh, what we get out of it, what I'm getting out of it? Um, is that maturity in community? I mean, how often uh, do we see that in how people approach a church community? Um, you know, I, I, I wish it weren't the case, but I know sometimes people are like, I'm not going to invest in this church community right now because I'm just trying to figure out if, like, they're going to espouse what I like. And so that's how I show my opinion in my community. Um, 
So those questions hanging in the air, let's talk about what the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible passage today is Ephesians 4, 1 through 16. I'm going to read it all right now, and uh, if you could follow along, that'd be great. So, as a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I could really just say, and now focus on this for the next 15 minutes, and we'll call it a day. <laughs> um, Paul wrote this passage uh, while in prison. We aren't sure exactly which one of his imprisonments, but probably Rome. Um, and we do know more than anything that this passage is sort of akin to your kind of like missionary update prayer letter. Uh, the, the church in Ephesus had given him a gift, and he was writing back as part of it as like, a, I want to thank you for this gift, etc. Uh, there's so much practical teaching in this passage, calling for unity in Christ. Uh, one piece of research I found kind of interesting was that at the time, um, in that city, in that area, the community of believers were likely suffering quite a lot for just being believers of Jesus, um, because that area, that city was driven a lot likely by tourism and the banking for the Temple of Artemis, so very pagan um, kind of focus for why people would be coming into that city. So imagine if in this very collectivist society, your way of believing um, goes against the rest of the community, that you're maybe not taking part in like workers' guilds and different traditions that have to do with very pagan celebrations and customs because you are saying your identity as a community is in Christ. Uh, that probably meant social social separation um, <laughs> as well as some financial hardship, right? So it makes sense to me that Paul, in a moment of suffering, in a huge moment of suffering, excuse me, um, as they're suffering, missionary is encouraging them to stay united in Christ, um, that Christ is their community's identity. Let's go back real quick to verses 11 through 16. I think this is sort of my favorite part. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Instead of simply uh, hammering on and on that they must be unified or that they just must be mature community members, Paul actually gives us agency in doing that. Each community member, that's all of us, have been equipped by Jesus to do works of service, to continue to build up our community towards unity and faith, knowledge of God, and maturity. That's literally for all of us. This is exactly how we get to experience the fullness of Christ in a mature community where all of us are uniquely uh, equipped. We need each other to mature. This means we all are to be active members in our community. That's, that it's on us, right? Then through love, the community grows as each diverse part does its unique role. Um, I love that this diverse community has always been part of God's, or has just been God's intention for the world. Um, From the get-go, it was in his sense of creativity, in his stamp of approval of things being good, nothing broken, nothing missing. Uh, It was in the multiple examples of honoring diverse people groups and genders throughout the Bible as they are used to further the gospel. And it's in the revelation vision of all people from all nations in all tongues worshiping God. It's the unique gifts we've been equipped with to build up our community. But maturity in community is hard and painful even. I want to share some glimpses of what that lack of maturity in community does to us. Um, In churches, we all know that the dramatic clickbait is that millennials are leaving the church, period. We don't ask why, we just say it's happened. Um, And then there's uh, countless articles that back it up by saying uh, very negative things about this entire generation. Uh, They want things immediately. They don't commit to things. They take too many pictures when they go hiking. It's just, (laughs) we don't connect why, but we're like, see how bad they are. Um, For this younger, or as I would say, constantly aging generation, um, why in the world then would they want to walk through these doors to be a part of a community that's telling them to adhere to traditions of the past and that there's no room for them unless they conform? How does that give them any sense that we want them to be exercising the gifts that they've been equipped with to actually help us be built up um, so that we can be the community in the true fullness of Christ? What does maturity and community look like here? Uh, Let's talk about multiculturalism, diversity. I love seeing this changing tide in our world. We're acknowledging that multiculturalism isn't just a a new thing or something to attain for, um, but it's happening. Thus, are we ready to take part in it? I have the pleasure of mentoring a group of phenomenal, diverse young people, and I have no doubt in my mind that at some point I'll be working for one of them. I've got a photo of me with two of them from this summer. These are actually two gentlemen who attend George Fox, and they came to us by this amazing internship opportunity with Leroy Barber and the Voices Project. Um, that's Romare and that's Brian. They're the best ever until I realized that they referred to me to their friends as church mom. So <laughs> it was a moment. That was a real moment. <laughs> when you, I met two of their friends at, on the campus and they were like, oh, you're church mom. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm not. But anyways, um, but uh, let's be real, when it comes to, to my, my quote-unquote mentees, I don't mentor them so much as I provide an older voice in their life saying, no, you're not crazy, 
Uh, no, you are actually the one person of color in your class, and that's why this is happening. Or, hey, you're, you're, uh, that one thing that that person said to you is actually unacceptable. Um, when you're the only female in a class talking about ministry, what that professor did or said to you is also not okay. It's really hard when you're asked to be a part of a community, but then you're policed as to what parts of you you're allowed to bring in, not your full self. Sometimes I'm the only person that's older than them that's ever said that to them. These are all usually uh, 20, 19, 21-year-olds. This is especially close to my heart because I do feel like part of my gifting is sort of like cheerleader. Like in my community setting, my role I feel is to encourage. Um, and I want them to flourish, to do their unique parts in our community. Um, so why do I mention this in particular? Um, I had a very strange experience um, just a few weeks ago uh, with a locally kind of well-known leader at this event that the Portland Seminary put on. Um, Pastor Sarah was there, so that was kind of fun to see her there. Um, the, the topic of the night was uh, kind of both uh, starting off the, the new cohorts of uh, Portland Seminary students, but also talking about uh, kind of race and church, and, and there were speakers that night. Um, so after all of that, this leader came up to me, uh, who is a, a white person, and they said to me that, you know, they just really feel on fire to uh, create this event that uh, would bring, uh, that they would want to work with me to put together this large kind of event of bringing people together to talk more about diversity in our faith world. Um, I, was, I was tired and I probably wasn't speaking from love as, as, the, as Paul would have encouraged me to do, um, but I was really tired of being presented with this quote unquote novel idea, um, but it's usually often only novel to this person because they're the first one to have thought about it or it's the first time they've thought about it, whereas they're not acknowledging how long maybe a community of color has been talking about this. So I kind of went straight into how I'm very happy to collaborate, um, but how can we do this with our ethnic minorities in the room and honoring to them so it's not just a large community gathering of dominant culture people um, trying to figure out their own solutions for this thing that affects everyone. And their answer to me, this is just like a quick, you know, just face-to-face -face chat real quick after the event was ending. Um, their answer to me was that they would, of course, include people of color, um, but that they would be the necessary mature people of color to take part in the event. Um, I honestly shut down at that point because what I heard when I heard that use of the word mature was that it had to be someone palatable um, to their needs for this event. And then I immediately thought of my, ment my, my, my mentees who are rising leaders of color. So what does maturity in, co in community look like here? I also mentioned my mentees because the majority happen to be female. Um, women exist with an additional invisible emotional labor. Uh, it's a real term, you can Google it. It's, it's kind of fascinating how deep it goes. Um, but in, a, in a, just a brief explanation, emotional labor would be the unpaid and unrecognized by a male-centered system of labor that's just kind of normal for women to do, um, in addition. So it's the sense that I should be replying to your needs or requests immediately. Um, it's that I would be the one that takes notes in a meeting. It's um, that a mother who works full-time in the workplace is still seen as the main child-raising parent, just even though that's so unfair to our fathers. Um, and that often women must hold space for negativity um, for the sake of getting the work done um, and, and for harmony on, of a team. It's just all these things that are unspoken but are often what's on the shoulders of women to, to accomplish. Often, though, women are rewarded for our maturity um, in not complaining or simply not broaching this subject. 
um, because not everyone wants to start that conversation um, on gender equity, let alone deal with an audience that might not be ready to have that conversation or, or doesn't even want to hear it. So as a female, I've been going through a major sifting as I grapple with what it means to exist in a male-centered space, which in our societal context is actually also a white space because the males uh, in power and dominance in our societal just sort of larger way of, of thinking are white. Uh, two mentees went through the most traumatic undergrad experience at a local college um, because they knew that there were sexist practices um, happening, um, going on in the institution, um, and the male leaders that they reported to, because that's all who they had, um, did not protect them for actually reporting. Not only did they endure the behaviors from their faculty as in those actual sexist practices, but where they were not made, sa made safe in the process following reporting, um, then they were continued to ask, they were, um, they were asked to then continue, excuse me, um, to be the responsible student leaders uh, who were leading the conversations on justice for their campus. So they had just expressed this personal issue that was breaking them down. They were not protected or made safe by the people they reported to, but then were asked to just get over it really quickly because they had this amazing event going on where they were gonna be the main hosts for facilitating conversations on all these things that had to do with justice. They were traumatized by the end of this. They couldn't wait to get out of this school. Um, there's an additional cost for some of us to take part in community. For these students, it was being the whistleblower, also being vulnerable on a largely white campus, and then never, being able to actually just turn off being the resource for other students and the administration. Uh, one mentioned how she would just walk through like the main uh, quad area and keep her headphones in because she was just hoping no one would come up to her and say, hey, can you tell me more about this thing that just happened? Or she sees a faculty member coming across that she um, had this issue with and she just doesn't want to have that moment right there. She just wanted to be a student. Um, so what does maturity and community look like here? What does active maturity in community look like? So much mature com communication needs to happen, right? We know this. Um, and mature communication is honest communication. Um, it's hard not to phrase things where you're the victim uh, or the subject of, of, of the issue. It's hard to communicate and be vulnerable to the fact that the other side's reception um, might not be so great. It's hard to be an active listener when you don't agree and you're just ready to like throw facts over their facts and not actually have discourse. Um, but that uniquely equipped community that Paul wrote about, the one that builds each other up to the fullness of Christ, they speak truth through love, as it says in verse 15, and they're joined together and held together to be built up in love, verse 16. We can't be mature in community without mature communication. And sometimes mature communication is simply listening and saying, I don't have an answer to that, but I hear you. It's so hard. You don't have to give them an amazing response. You can simply say, I hear you. Or Pastor Kurt has done for me many times. He'll just send me an aptly uh, fitting a a GIF or, or sticker on text, and we'll just call it there. That's good. Um, I want to share one more snapshot about maturity and community as I end. Um, two weeks ago, I was privileged to take part in a 36-hour intense um, and personal conference on deconstructing toxic masculinity. Um, please note, toxic masculinity um, is a term that notes when masculinity is actually destructive. So masculinity itself is wonderful, but toxic masculinity is not great. 
So the attendees were men from around the country who were leaders in anti-human trafficking work. And the only women in the room were the facilitators and speakers. I have a picture of this group of men um, on the last morning as they were wolfing down food before we went into the most intense session ever. So um, we were each assigned a group of these men, the women, and we stayed with them for the entire weekend. So there would be a speaker, and then we'd debrief. There'd be a panel, and then we'd debrief. We even did it through all the meals. The only break they got was uh, Saturday for about two hours, maybe in the middle of the day. So we started Friday evening and went until Sunday morning. Um, it was a paradigm-shifting, uh, mind-blowing event for me to take part in this uh, work with them. Um, but I'll be honest, I walked away from that community with a bittersweet heaviness. Um, one, I was far, far too raw and exhausted to go right back into the rest of the world, right? Um, the additional cost of being a woman in that room, holding space for my group of men to really process and engage, processing my own pain um, as the, my own experiences were vividly remembered through some of the, own, uh, some of the uh, speakers and panelists. Um, and the fact that out the, the outside world wasn't doing the same work, right? While we were in this room doing it, the outside world wasn't. Um, so I was in kind of conference hangover. But also part of the exhaustion was going through my own transformational moment when I realized that for the very first time in my life, I was in a room full of good guys. Um, not you know, that they were believers, not that they were good fathers, not that they were good husbands, um, but they were a room full of men who acknowledged what brokenness and shame do to poisoning men to not live out their truth as sons of God and how that can lead to dehumanizing and exploitation of, of other human beings. Um, I had never experienced that before in my entire life. Uh, this community also acknowledged that they can change the dominating systems if they let women lead them too. And I wanted to stay in that kind of cocoon that we built as a community, um, this cocoon of understanding and equity, because um, I'd never experienced it, ever. But I was almost angry that I had never been taught that this version of the kingdom was possible. Um, I felt safe in this community. Um, I was given respect. Um, I was expected to speak truth through love and be working towards the common goal of building each other up. And I knew that on the reverse, these men were doing the exact same thing. Um, our gender roles in that room as husbands, mothers, etc., were not the priority. Instead, we were truly brothers and sisters learning what leadership looks like. How come I've never been told that vision of the community, of, of the kingdom community preached before? Um, how come it took men admitting to, ad admitting to deep, deep wounds and the need for intimate relationship and how much that lack is lacking in our current society um, for me to see that, wow, this is the kingdom of God. Brokenness is not the deal breaker. Instead, it's the thing that we all help to heal. Maturity in community looked like admitting failure. So what does maturity in community look like for you? Uh, like Pastor Kurt said last week, there's beauty, there's beauty in evolving. Uh, one of the organizers at that conference actually says that gaining knowledge is an act of love. So, your so, so love your community by learning more, reading more, not expecting your community members to have to teach you everything, um, by being active in pursuing your maturity. One thing that's different for communities of faith is that we don't get to leave each other behind. Um, I'd love to do that sometimes. Um, they may leave us, um, but I'm not allowed to write you out um, just because uh, you aren't exactly like me. Um, so maturity in a faith community actually includes thinking, 
okay? This person um, does not recognize uh, and understand that we have systems uh, we all grew up in that disadvantage some other people. And then going back to the verse, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we all need to take ownership over the flaws in our community. And that's so hard, but that's why this encouragement from Paul is so needed right now. It's a kingdom of God mindset. It's, it's Christ's work. So the goal is that we all do our part to build up our community so that we can attain the whole measure and fullness of Christ. And by God's grace, which is uh, even more needed in this work of maturity, together we can do it. Uh, I would like to pray for us. Dear Lord God, I just thank you for this community here at Cascade. I thank you for how uh, this community continues to pursue truth, continues to ask questions, continues to support and build each other up, Lord God. I just ask, Lord, for your grace and uh, the Holy Spirit's covering, Lord, as we continue to move into community together as we wrestle with these questions. And thank you, Lord, that the answers lie in you. In Jesus' name, amen.